Hello, what is up? This is Hussein Talib, host of the Success Grade podcast, streaming now on Amazon Music. Inspiring stories of entrepreneurs and business education to help you raise the standards to achieve greatness. Find and follow the Success Grade podcast in the Amazon Music app to get every episode now. Hello and welcome Success Grade Nation to this new episode of the Success Grade podcast with your host Hussein Talib. My guest today, Laquita Monley. She's an independent certified coach, teacher, trainer, and speaker with the John Maxwell team. Laquita passionately equips individuals and organizations to unlock their full potential and live out their most life the authentic way. Laquita, welcome to the grid. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be here. Awesome to have you here. So let's first begin, first of all, that I have seen or heard somewhere that you or members of your family were in the military. Is that correct? That is correct. My husband um, served uh, 24 years active duty army. What, what have you learned from him or did you, other than the difficult side of things that I assume maybe people know about so what what things did you learn from that experience oh there's so many great tools that i learned from the experience um of being an army wife uh the biggest tool takeaway that i would say um is resiliency because as a military family um we are subject to the shifts and the demands of the army it's not like you know with a regular a uh, civilian job where if the demands of your job get too much, you can easily shift and go to another career. You could say, okay, I've had enough of this job. I'm going to put my CV out to some other companies and I'll leave this company and go to another company. We can yeah. do, you have that as an option. Well, when your when your husband or your wife is a soldier, they don't have that option. And so when the soldier has to move because of the needs of the army, so does the entire family. So um, resiliency yeah. is definitely uh, key as well as persistency. Um, and also the other uh, big takeaway that I would say is a life of, of a military family, resiliency, consistency, and always uh, compassion. Mm. And those three things um, are some of the best tools uh, that we use during our time as a military family. And, and I still consider us a military military family, excuse me, uh, for those 24 years. Yeah. So that, that, that I think maybe helped for you to becoming a coach, right? Uh, Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So, so tell us why did you decided to become a coach What and what were you doing before that? Uh, prior to uh, becoming a coach, um, I was a, a full-time minister of the gospel. So I traveled a lot um, across the UK, Germany, and to a couple of different countries in Africa, but mostly in Kenya, uh, building, helping churches build strong leadership teams. Um, and that is one of the, that is the main reason that I wanted to become a coach um, because a lot of that time that I spent in ministry was really people building. I love people building, helping people understand who they are, helping people understand, you know, how to map out processes uh, that they need to map out in order to achieve the goals that they want to achieve. Well, that's no different uh, inside the church or outside of the church. You have to be 
have a strong understanding of who you are and who you believe in. If you if you are a faith person, um, it doesn't matter who you believe in. If you your faith is a solid part of the foundation of who you are. And when you understand those things and you live through those things, it becomes easier to map out life's purpose and, and to walk in that purpose. And so, uh, I love, as I said, I love people building. I've always done that, whether it was through ministry or now uh, through my clients as a um, certified John Maxwell coach uh, and speaker. And that um, people, I would say uh, the love of people is what inspired me to make that shift to where I was not only utilizing the gifts that I have within one community, but being able to utilize those gifts with a broader community. Mm. So how do you, how do you or yourself, did, how do you recognize your strength to do certain things? Because as you mentioned, being a, mem- a, fem- a family member of military, that needs consistency and you need a lot of things to do that. It's tough. So how do you recognize your strengths and limitations? Or do you think even are there limitations to people? I think that for me, uh, from from my faith system, I believe that there are no limits. There may be different strategies that I have to utilize to get to the goal that I want to achieve. But I, I believe that the only limits truly in life are the limits that we place on ourselves. It's a mental thing, right? So how do I recognize when that happens? Honestly, in the beginning of my journey and beginning of my life's journey, I really had no idea who I was. I really had no idea why I believe what I believe other than the fact that I was raised in a Christian house. And so that's what I was told. Like I didn't have a real relationship. It wasn't until age 25 that I began to develop a relationship. But because by that time I was already a mother of five, my husband had been, already been in the military a number of years, and he was in his first um, tour in Iraq. And so I had a lot of time for self-reflection. And it was during those times of self-reflection and prayer that I began to fully realize why I, who I believed in, why I believed it, and who I was. And that is what began to show me, okay, these are your strengths. These are your weaknesses. And here are some things that you can do in order to uh, mature in your strengths and get better in your weaknesses. So handling conflicts, especially within yourself, and especially you have a husband who's in military, and you, mm-hmm. like now mentioned, you have five kids, which is not a little by a mile. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how did you... Handle the the family around you. How did you handle your issues that you're involving around yourself? How did you handle what you wanted to achieve when you want wanted to transition into being a coach? Good. So that that too was a part of the process, right? Um, my husband and I met when we were very young. I was 15 and he was 17. And by the time I was 18, we were married and well on our way to creating more children, right? And so we kind of (laughs) grew together, right? We grew together. And the thing that we had to learn the most was communication. We had to learn how to effectively communicate with each other and understanding that connection while communicating is necessary. Mm -hmm. So uh, that helped us to resolve. The more we learned how to properly communicate and the more we learned about each other, what our triggers were, or uh, let me say it like this, the more that 
emotionally intelligent I became, the easier it became in communicating with my husband and recognizing his um, communication style and how to respond to it and vice versa. He had to do the same for me and learning it with each of our five children. I take those tools along with the fact that those that same tool of effective communication and connection became necessary in my role as a military spouse. The more rank my husband achieved, the high, which you know, the the higher his rank became, the more people he became responsible for. That yeah. also increased my level of responsibility as well as it pertains to ensuring that the military spouses um, of his soldiers were adapting to life as a military spouse. And we take those lessons and wrap them in with my John Maxwell teaching. And that I believe is what makes me very, very, very effective in my role as a coach. And, and as well as the, the lessons that I've learned through um, ministry with helping, helping women and helping uh, female leaders and church leaders. So how do you define success for yourself? And how do you define success for your clients, if that's uh, the case, for example? So how I define success for me right now is a great, great question, right? How I define success for me is the fact that uh, I own my time and I, yeah. no one else does. Success for me right now at this stage in my life has nothing to do with money. But in these 45 years that I've been blessed to be on the planet, I've learned that money truly is the least of all things. But my family and the time that I get to spend with them and help build them and be there for them is what's most important. So, yes, money is important. We got to pay bills. The world keeps every day that we wake up, bills are still coming. So you need to have an income. No doubt. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. You know, it is important. Let me let me be that money is important, but it is not the greatest of all things. Right. Yeah. Without my family then why am I earning the money? If my family is the biggest part of my why, and for me, it is, me not being present and available for them does them a disservice. Even though there's money in the accounts, they would rather have me than, than the money at the, yeah. at the end of the day. And that yeah, was a hard yeah. lesson to learn as a parent. Yeah, you 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 have your, you will have their back if they need you at any time, in any matter. Situation exactly, yeah. exactly. You can make more money, but when you make a rift or a tear in a family connection, it's hard to restore that. Yeah, and sometimes you don't get to restore it, even though you might want to. If you've deeply offended that other person, say, like, especially with a parent child connection, my child is a human, they have a choice of whether or not they want to allow me back into their personal space in that way, and so I want to make sure that I don't hinder those relationships anymore. And that's a, le that's a life lesson that both my husband and myself had, had to learn through some very hard challenges while raising our children as teenagers and preteens. Yeah. So now that's about you. How do you define success for your clients? Because as you mentioned, maybe success to some people is about money, but at the same mm -hmm. time, life is not just about the money. So it Correct. could be about relationships. So how do you right. help your clients define success for themselves? So, and with that, the one of the very first things that I do is ask my clients this question, the same question you posed to me, what does success mean to you? And the, and the second question after they've answered that is who or what 
has defined success for you? Like, is that definition of success internal to you? Or is that definition of success something that has been subconsciously put into you because of culture, because of TV, movies, you know, just outside influences? Have they defined success for you? And have, as the client walks away and gets goes through a process of learning how to define success for themselves, how I define success as a coach is how successfully my clients walk through that process. Because mm-hmm. sometimes at the end of the sessions or the package, maybe that's the goal. The client had no idea what success was. Yeah. But by the end of our, 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 our sessions, now they understand what success means to them and they've mapping out a plan to do it. If our sessions go long enough, my definition of success with that client is watching that client hit their targets. It's that transformation from where they were when they started with me to where they were um, at the end of their journey. And again, for me, if that person's target was money, did they reach their money goal? If that person's target was uh, they didn't have an identity, but now at the end of sessions, they have an identity and they understand their identity. It really begins to vary uh, from client to client, but it's at the end of the day, helping them reach that goal and uh, helping them have those life-changing experiences. Yeah. So, so it is important for anyone basically to know them themselves first, right? Absolutely. That's a, that's a, that's a core thing or a core questions to answer. That that is the core questions to answer because who I who we are today, however old you are, wherever you're at on the planet right now, who you are today is different than the person you were last year, five years from now, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years ago. I'm definitely not the same 18-year-old bride that I was. I've matured, I've changed, I'm a different person, and I've embraced those changes and I'm walking in it. My goal is to help my clients understand that change is not bad. When you understand who you are, you understand change is necessary. Your identity continues to grow and expand and matures uh, for every moment that we live on this planet. What do you think are the most important core values for, for any person in general to have? I believe that the most important core values, I believe, and and this is me, is faith, family, and community. When the individuals who have those three core values, those individuals have a heart of service, a heart of giving, and they're just principles that operate on this planet. When you have that heart of giving and you have that heart of service, everything that we put out, we receive back. And when we receive it back, we receive it tenfold, a hundredfold. Those three core values are absolutely important. Um, and those three core values help build our character, our integrity. It just really shapes who we are in life and in business. Yeah. So do you think that every individual has like some kind of a purpose that they should go after with their passions or a passion is different from the purpose that they are looking for or they already have? I, I firmly believe that we should pursue our purpose with passion. I, when I'm pursuing purpose, that ignites my passion. That keeps that fire going. 
that when I'm pursuing, uh, when I'm pursuing purpose, I pursue purpose with a passion. I think those two synergistically work together. When we talk about purpose, do you think that each individual have one purpose? Or as you mentioned earlier, because life is about change, life is change. So with that, the purpose will change with time. I think so. I think so. It's like, um, just think about it as like the growth stages of a plant. At the Mm. end of the day, the apple tree is the apple tree, but at different stages of development, the apple tree is doing different things. It's serving different purposes. Ultimately, we'll get the fruit of the apple. So depending on where that person is and their maturity level and in their journey will determine um, what that purpose is producing. Uh, As a certified teacher and coach from the John Maxwell team, how do you work with the people? Uh, I think John Maxwell is about leadership. Is yes. that correct? So he is about leadership. Yeah. So uh, is there a difference between the leadership itself or being, let's say, uh, an entrepreneur or an, an entrepreneur could be a leader or should he be or should he or she be a leader? I believe that every person that's on this planet is a leader in some capacity, young or old. We can see it readily identified a lot of times in children in their youth, right? Um, I believe that my job, uh, again, as a coach and certified through the John Maxwell team is to help that person understand that they are a leader. If Whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you work for a company, or whether you are a stay-at-home individual, stay-at-home parent, or work-from-home parent, it doesn't matter. Each of us is a leader in some capacity in our communities, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, on our jobs. Wherever we show up in some capacity, we are a leader. Cultivating that leader within you becomes easier when you know who you are. And cultivating that leader within you also helps to drive uh, success. It's, it's one of the keys to help you drive, drive success, however you define success. Mm. When you are operating at your fullest potential and you understand the leader within you and, and you're flowing through that, you're, you're operating through that, living by that, success comes that much easier. Not yeah. without opposition. There will always be opposition, but you'll understand how to pivot in the opposition. Yeah. So general, general question about, let's say, when we talk about leadership or leaders, we might say about people who made a big difference in people's life, like Malcolm X and mm-hmm. these kind of guys. So mm-hmm. is it something that a leader is born with or anyone can be like you mentioned as a leader or how, how, what are the degrees of leadership, let's say? So I I believe that everybody is born a leader. So I'll I'll give it to you like this with Malcolm X. Malcolm X was an amazing leader. He left his mark on humanity. He's well known around the world. We know that he's a leader, but the individual who spoke to Malcolm in prison that led him to his faith and helped to groom him and develop him into a man And that man that he became understood how to grow in his relationship, in his faith, right? Who was the better leader? 
Because if the man who spoke to Malcolm never spoke to Malcolm, we still be doing, we would have never known anything because Chicago Red probably would have died a drug addict and a petty criminal. But had it not been for the gentleman who spoke to Malcolm in prison, we wouldn't know him as Malcolm today. So who is the greater leader? I don't think that we personally mean, I don't judge leadership in that way because the big names that we know along the way, there were people who helped them. And those people that helped them had to have the boldness and know who they were as leaders as well in order for the names that shine in lights to become the names that shine in lights, if if that makes sense. I hope I answered that question. So to me, I don't believe that there are degrees of leadership. I believe that each leader is amazingly important mm, yeah. in the development of other people. So for example, people who are striving in entrepreneurship and looking to build, to build businesses, if they don't have the quality of leadership, meaning that they have people working and don't want to say under them, I want to say with them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they might not be a success in building their own company. Correct. Would that be the case? That is absolutely the case. That is absolutely the case. Any great company is only great because of the team. Yeah. And I mean, from the senior level executives down to the person that sweeps the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Everybody <laughs> has a role of importance. So if you're walking into, you're walking into H&M, right? Yeah. And we go into H&M. H&M tends to be one of the shops that's like, I love their sparkly clean floors, right? They have this, the white tiles in most of the H&Ms. It's just something that visual, visually stimulates me. Who cleans those tiles? Yeah. Me as a consumer, I recognize that about H&M. Mm-hmm. Their sales team, very knowledgeable of their product. They have a standard of customer service when you go into different H&Ms, no matter which floor you're on in the store, that's still a thing, right? Mm. The designers who put their products, so everybody has an important role. So what if H&M was dirty when you went in there? Would you go in there and shop? Oh, as a woman. No. no, I'm not. I'm not going <laughs> to shop in that clutter. I'm going to turn around and say, oh, no. If I go to the, to the rack and it's supposed to be my size and it's five other different sizes in there other than my size, I'm going to leave. everybody is a leader everybody is important and it's so important one of the things that I do with organizations um, when I come in and do say a team building exercise with them uh, everybody that's involved in that meeting um, I'm also certified to administer the Maxwell method of disc assessment right I, I administer that disc assessment and in that disc assessment it shows you what your communication style is, your personality style is, and it also shows you the ways that you like to be communicated with and the ways you communicate with others. And it gives you tips on how to communicate with people of different uh, communicate, uh, different personality traits. Mm-hmm. I do that so that senior leadership can understand better how to communicate effectively with team members in order to pull greatness out of the team members. Because as great as the senior level executives are, they can only be great and keep the company profitable if the team members are showing up with excellence. So the team members have to feel like and know that they are leaders and they are valuable. 
And oftentimes in companies, there's that disconnect where we feel like if I'm sitting in those senior level positions or here in the States, we call them C-suite. When I'm sitting in those C-suite, my job is much more important. No, because if that if that sales girl wouldn't sell in the shoes and selling the blouses and selling the pants, then you wouldn't even have a seat to sit in because there would be no money coming in. Mm, yeah. So what would you be doing? <laughs> so you with working with organization, what are you seeing that something that is really bad that they are doing? Now, especially with things developing so fast and technology, technologies are developing so fast, uh, businesses developing so fast, everything is going fast now. Mm-hmm. It, I, it's still, um, for me, the thing that I consistently see that, that uh, organizations have to work on is communication and connection. Um, communication and connection with senior leadership and team members, senior leaders, mid-level leaders, and and team leaders, team team members, as well as effectively communicating with their clients. Because that communication and connection is also reflected in how they do customer service. The technology and how technology is changing and growing, that does land an impact. But when the corporate culture is one that people feel safe, then you can have people to be honest and say, okay, this technology, in theory, it sounds good, but it's cumbersome, it's hard to learn, and it's making my job more difficult. We need more training. If you have a a, a culture where communication can flow openly like that without without retribution, like there's no negative action that's going to happen, then the company will find that, yes, those issues happen, but you can work through it better. If the culture is toxic, then people are afraid to speak the truth. So they just do cover up after cover up until it explodes. Exactly. This cover up. Right. (laughs) This cover up in big corporations and organizations is is all over the place. I have seen it. And I still see it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you and and my my passion with companies is to help everyone understand the importance of communication and in how to communicate with each other and how to make that connection so that we all meet each other at a human level and know that we are all valuable. We all play a significant role. And when we're all playing our role, things become, because the bottom line goal of companies is profitability. Things become more profitable. Definitely. And then everybody's happy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so so Liquita, what do you think are the best resources or let's say books about uh leadership do you think oh wow there's so many <laughs> there's so many of course i, I obviously I'm, I'm an advocate of all things um john maxwell uh, there, there, there's another author that I would recommend um, to the readers, and I will put this caveat in that the second author is, um, he passed away a number of years ago. He was, uh, at that time, he was a, a famous pastor out of the Bahamas. His name is Dr. Miles Monroe, but his, his passion was similar to John's passion. He traveled the world training major companies and organizations and governments on the principles of leadership and how to develop leaders 
in how to, to develop good communication styles within your company, how to develop uh, corporate cultures that produce productivity. Those two authors, I would highly recommend anything that they have written on leadership, on entrepreneurship, on business. Um, those, those, uh, the tools that we've we've learned simply from those two individuals have been life changing uh, for my husband and myself in our entrepreneurial journey, um, and as well as just life journey, right? Uh, because that we are leaders in some capacity, no matter where we show up at, no matter who you are, we are leaders and learning how to be a great leader means I'm learning how to develop and duplicate myself and not just myself, a better version of myself. That's also a trait of a good leader. Not that I'm the singular person and knows how to do everything that I'm doing and I'm wonderful, but I am developing and training other individuals so that if I am removed from the equation, someone can step in and fill my role and that business will keep rolling and won't miss a beat. I'm creating better versions of myself. So, and those are tools. uh, That's a tool that we definitely learned um, from John as well as from Dr. Miles. Awesome. I love that. If, if, if someone leads themselves, they will create the best version of themselves. That actually a great, a great thing to do because if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others. Yes. And in a way, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Like, what, what would you say one takeaway for the Success Secret audience uh, from this episode? One takeaway that I would say for the audience is identity. Mm. Everything in our life hinges on our identity. Do we know who we are? When we know who we are, it's easier then to, to identify our purpose. And when we've identified our purpose, my, my, what I would say to the audience is pursue your purpose with a passion. Know who you are, identify your purpose, and pursue that purpose with a passion. Yeah, that's great. You have to pursue your purposes with passion. Where yes. can people get in touch with you, Laquita? They can go to my website at uh, com. They can also Google me if they type in Laquita, L-A-Q-U-I-T-A, Monley, M-O-N-L-E-Y in Google. You'll see all things Laquita Monley, uh, all of my, I'm on most social media platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. I'm most active on LinkedIn. Um, and I would love uh, if anybody wants to connect with me, connect with me on social. I am the person that operates my social media. So if you message me or comment, that is definitely me that's commenting back, but we'll message you back. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Quetta Monley, for being here today with me on the Success Secret podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.